Listening is cool and all, but watching gives you so much more. See the players' real-time reactions, flub-ups, and all the snark that intern Alan Smithy can dole out on the running commentary. Only at Balderdash Academy's YouTube channel. Hello and welcome to Balderdash Academy. I'm your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me, as always, is our faculty, head of English Language Arts, Professor Molly McGill. Hey, shout out to my unintentional hairdresser, Humidity, for making things interesting. (laughs) Head of Home Ec and Wellness, Professor Marie Stewart Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my porch. Coach of the Balderdash Academy Dashers, Steve Corning. We'll get them next year. (laughs) And our reigning champion, former head of guidance and the new head of science, technology, engineering, art, and math. That's right. The new head of STEAM for Balderdash Academy, Professor Nate Green. Wow. Wow. So happy to be here with all of you while I'm locked in this room. (laughs) (laughs) Our visiting professor today is Emmy Award-winning journalist Jeff Peterson of WGME in Fox 23 in Portland, Maine. In addition to being the host of Good Day Maine and news anchor, Jeff is a singer and trombonist, athlete, supporter of the Special Olympics and Camp Sunshine. Uh, There are links in the description to donate to either or both, and regular volunteer at senior centers. Jeff has agreed to be the scorekeeper tonight while our faculty members compete for the coveted reigning champion banner. They'll perform a series of challenges. At the end of each challenge, Jeff will award points to the answer that he likes best. Not the right answer, but the answer that he feels is most worthy. The points are arbitrary and can be given at any time, For any reason, at the end of the show, the faculty member with the highest point total will be named the reigning champion. Our current champion is Professor Nate Green. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that sound means it's time for a pop quiz. Our first pop quiz is from Professor Molly McGill of English Language Arts. Molly? Good day, faculty. So great to see your beautiful faces and Jeff. Welcome to Boulder Dash Academy. Jeff, what I do is I give a word of the day. The faculty is then going to give me the definition of the word of the day, and we'll see if they've been studying their vocab words that I gave them prior. Now, you're not going to necessarily choose the right one, but the one you like the best. Faculty, I hope you have been studying. Today's word of the day is quonking. Quonking. Today's word of the day is quonking. Mm. Steve. Of course. Of course. Coach Steve, you look great and ready. Oh, I look ready, do I? (laughs) Thank you so much for calling on me first. I love it when you do that. Uh, You know what? Uh, The Quam quam King. Everyone's familiar with a prom king. Uh, You know, you go to prom and it's voted on. There's a prom king and queen. Um, Well, there's actually a big festival held every year in Guam uh, called the Guam Days. You know, so we just had the 2020 Guam days. Um, <clears throat> now, they every year during their festival, they elect the, uh, it was supposed to be the Guam king uh, initially, um, but there was kind of a, a translation from the language they speak in Guam. 
um, which we all know. Of course, I don't need to mention it. Um, (laughs) And uh, there was kind of some translation was lost in the people that were reporting on it. So it it ended up becoming the Quam King, um, and it's Mm. the the most popular person at in Guam during the festival. Thank you so much, Coach (laughs) Steve. So the the Guam King, the Guam King, the most popular Mm -hmm. at Guam days. Great, Marie. Yes. Um, so in Alaska, there is a prevalence of king crab fishing and there is a culture within the king crabs and there is a Quam king and it is the head king crab and it will never be caught. It leads all of the other king crabs around and it will always be at the front of the herd, but it will never, ever be caught. That is why it is the Quam king. Okay. The elusive king of crabs, Nate. I just learned that a, a a gathering of crabs is actually called a herd. I did not know that. Yes. Um, so, Quam uh, King. Uh, uh, it actually goes to uh, musical groups that uh, that do only quantum physics uh, music. It's all inspired by quantum physics. And there's this one specific group uh, called Elvis Proton, um, who who is like the king of quantum. Uh, physics, <laughs> music. Um, so they call him the Quam King. Okay, so so Elvis, a quantum physics uh, rock band. Uh, yeah, what about you, Headmaster Bob? Well, you see, Quamp is a dance. It was very popular in New England uh, right around the turn of the 19th century. And uh, everything old is new again. And frankly, people are getting together before they were getting not getting together now they were getting together before to guamk and it's called guamking right at which point imagine a square dance but circular and uh aggressive it is a new england thing okay the uh, the aggressive square dance okay so jeff we have uh, Coach Steve's Guam Days, the king of uh, Guam King, the king of Guam Days. Excuse me, Coach. Sorry to flub that up. We have Marie's uh, elusive Crab King. We have Nate's quantum physics rock band. And we have Headmaster Bob's really great circular dance move. What do you, what do you think? Uh, first of all, Molly, I'm going to have to give you 20 points for that outrageous smile. Thank you. <laughs> Well played. <laughs> uh, let's start with Steve, first of all. Uh, I'm gonna, that answer, I, I didn't like the answer at all. However, I love your shirt. <laughs> Thank you. And, and you've got to remember, I was the first one called on, so that was, that was a really quick, you know. Just, I had to bring up that memory of Guam. Uh, so, uh, but it, you got 10 points for the shirt, though. Oh, thank you. i got to be honest with you, Nate. If, uh, if you, I will give you 20 points if you send me an Elvis song right now. If I sang you an Elvis song? Elvis You said it was associated with Elvis. Love me tender, love me free. <laughs> Boys, baby! <laughs> right, then, uh, uh, man, I, I'm going to have to give you a big zero with the answer. However, your choreography with the hands while you talk, that's Ooh. worth at least 20 points. Mm-hmm. I'll take and, it. And uh, Bob... <laughs> If you actually danced in that circular motion, I would give you 50 points right now. I'm tied to my chair, but I'll take you up on it when I can stand. Oh, man. 
A little love to everybody. That was great. Okay, the actual... Wait, 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 wait. who's keeping score all now? Like, who's, who's the scoreboard? I have it all down. All right, sounds good. That's Bob. Don't you worry about that. Also, Bob, you haven't danced yet, so you're still at zero. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's after halftime. All right. So the word of the day, quonking, actually is something that if you were a, nu- a newscaster would really piss you off. Mm. It's sideline noise that upsets a performer's concentration. Oh. So whatever you don't want to do is get your quonking on when you're in a news studio. So it's kind of like with the dog right. squirrel? Squirrel? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry we didn't study Molly. Again. I must I must have studied the wrong word again. That happens every week. I look forward to you doing better next week, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Molly. <laughs> so our first game is called Four Questions. Jeff has worked across the country, California, New Hampshire, Maine, New Orleans, and Colorado. And in keeping with our tradition of having the questions tentatively connected to the guest, tonight's questions are about the public art of the Denver International Airport. So whichever of our faculty members gives the best answer, not the correct answer, but the best answer, Jeff will award points our first question. One of its more famous pieces of art, the enormous 32 feet tall sculpture titled Blue Mustang is known for what? Marie, what do you got? Yeah, um, it was um, uh, the ba- the b- babe in the blue ox. So they, they they were they meant to make the blue ox, which the giant lumberjack man, it's his ox. Uh, but it was you know oxes were a little outdated, so they decided to build a car instead. That giant lumberjack man, tall <laughs> car. Yeah, yeah, him. That's a great. Yeah, you know great exactly answer. what I'm talking about. I do. Great answer, Nate. What what do you have? It is, uh, it's known because, um, you, well, you know what a milk mustache is. This is a actual mustache that has the beverage tang on it. And it, when you have too much of it, it stains the bottom of your mustache. And it looks like you have a little tang stash, mustang. Mustache tang. Molly, what do you have? Oh, well, those are, those are all really great guys. But what it's actually known for is for making the Pantone color of the year popular as this statue is in this very nice, vivid navy blue that was all the rage as the Pantone's color of the year. Get your hex codes ready. Steve, what do you got? Hey, Bob, thanks for calling me last. I really appreciate it. It gave me time to to remember (laughs) what the real answer is. Flashback. Steve, what do you got? I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? Why, Bob? Why are you calling on me? I did the I did it first last time. <laughs> you have one job to do, and it's not to call on Steve two times in a row first. This has been a Balderdash Academy flashback. I got um, your back, man. Uh, so if I remember correctly, this is a giant blue horse statue. Um, That's right, giant blue horse. Yeah. So it's actually it's actually hollow, and it's actually clear. Um, the blue color comes from it being filled with uh, fresh air. As you know, air is hard to come by in Denver, Colorado. Very, very high up city. 
Um, so what mm-hmm. they decided to do was to build a giant horse statue full of oxygen that they could slowly uh, have ooze out into the city of Denver so everyone could breathe a little bit easier. So it's a hollow right. statue full of air. So an air oozing Mustang. Uh, it, it all good answers, all great answers. Um, it's actually famous for having killed its creator when the head fell on him. Oh, uh, right, that too. Right, but about that. those are all great answers. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right. Um, so Jeff. So Jeff, I'm, we I'm have so involved with the answers. <laughs> <laughs> we have Marie with Babe the Big Blue Ox. We have Nate with Mustache Tang. We have Molly with Pantone color, and we have Steve with it is filled with fresh air. How would you like to score this? Uh, first of all, just to hear Steve say the word ooze with such <laughs> conviction. <laughs> these ten points, and for knowing about all the mile high air in Denver. I lived in Denver for two years, so Steve, that away, buddy, that away. Uh, also, let's go with Nate. You have no facial hair. How do you know what gets hung on a facial hair anyway? So you get the <laughs> Zero for Nate. Yeah, uh, let's talk about Marie now. Uh, first of all, uh, her answer, it really inspired me uh, to uh, think back of my years watching Monty Python with I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. Not just that. 25 points for that, for bringing up that memory. And also, I'm loving the flowers in the background. You must have had a major in botany, Marie. That's awesome back there. <laughs> Home economics. 30. Thank you. All right, another five for Marie. Um, oh, wait, wait, forgot about Molly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, Molly? Yes, Jeff. Yes. Just, just for inviting me to be on this show, I'm going to give you five points. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Five points. I will take it. That means that means your answer sucked and I didn't like it, so but I still <laughs> So But he still likes you. The blue Mustang is made of fiberglass colored bright blue and has illuminated glowing red eyes. It is referred to by the locals as what? It is bright blue made of fiberglass and has illuminated glowing red eyes. What is it called? Steve. Are we still talking about the giant blue Mustang? Same blue Mustang. Same. Oh, what, what is what called? Isn't it called blue Mustang? Flashback. It is referred to by the locals as what? This has been a Balderdash Academy flashback. so the blue mustang is made of fiberglass Uh colored bright blue with illuminated glowing red eyes yes and it's given a nickname by the locals what do they call it they call it the eye of sauron obviously (laughs) sorry i couldn't think of that (laughs) i am sauron um yes marie i know the right answer um it's satan's siren (laughs) Uh, the red eyes, um, and and to the locals, it's Satan Sa- Siren Sa- Sa- Sally Satan Siren, like Mustang Sally, and the evil red eyes. Sally Satan Siren. Sally Satan Siren. Nate, what do you got? Sticking to it. Uh, I have uh, the devil in the blue dress. 
Devil in the blue dress, Molly. Uh, well, it's obviously good old blue balls because mm. it's blue and it's a horse and it's pissed off with red eyes. <laughs> so we have Steve with the eye of Sauron. We have Marie with Sally's Satan Siren. We have yes. uh, Nate with Devil in the Blue Dress, and we have Molly with Blue Balls, which is the first time I've ever <laughs> said that sentence. Uh, the answer is a mix of all of you. It's actually Blucifer. So, Ooh. Jeff, how would you like to score this? <laughs> oh, Bob, I'm giving you 100 points right now. You just said Molly has Blue Balls. Yeah. <laughs> It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm surprised to say that's actually the first time I've said that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, honest. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, uh, any other scores? Or? Uh, everybody, I honestly, after you said Molly had blue balls, I can't remember everything else that you guys mm-hmm. did. <laughs> so thank you, Molly. Uh, everybody, you guys all got zero. All right. All right. All right. Okay, so the third question, Denver International Airport is the basis of some wild uh, conspiracy theories. One involves a fun art installation that's considered by some to be the harbinger of something evil. What does that art installation contain? And uh, let's start with Nate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, this, uh, this thing of evil, the harbinger of evil, what it does... What's inside of it is Cheeto dust. And um, after you look at it, if you spend more than five minutes looking at it, straight in the Cheeto dust, you end up with orange fingers that just follow you around for the day. Which is appropriate in the first state that legalized marijuana. Molly, what do you have? Oh, I'm so glad you called on me. Um, It's actually, uh, they went with an over the rainbow theme. Uh, really popular back then. So over the rainbow plays, there's beautiful rainbow and clouds, and there's a pot of gold, and you have to be careful because an evil leprechaun lives in there. I am the leprechaun. You guys ever see that movie? Because always the leprechaun. Is that gremlins? Always the evil leprechaun. Steve, what do you got? Uh, like all harbingers of, of evil, this one also contains a painting by Salvador Dali uh, of a can of tuna fish and some saltine crackers. <laughs> One of his famous melting tuna. Marie, what do you got? Um, well, the Denver, the employees at the Denver airport, airport thought that they might um, do some installation art. They uh, they took all of the trash collected in the airport and they created a shrine in the very center of the airport, and it is the art piece, and it has a rancid smell like one that would emanate from hell, and that is. And that's your piece of art. So, good answers, all of you. One Thank of you. you actually got it pretty close. What? So we <laughs> we have some Nate with Cheeto dust. <laughs> we have Molly with over the rainbow with an evil leprechaun. We have Steve with tuna and saltines, and we have Marie with a cathedral-like shrine and a rancid smell. So the actual answer are gargoyles in suitcases called Notre Denver by Terry Allen. Uh, And what inspired him to do this is that he considered the airport like a cathedral, 
And what do you have in cathedrals? Huh. You have gargoyles. So um, those were your answers. Jeff, how would you like to score this? Man, look at all the things I'm learning today. Man, I came into this show, <laughs> this show like as an idiot, and I feel so smart now. Hey, real facts from a real fake school. <laughs> My brain is getting bigger by the minute. Uh, first of all, Molly, uh, hey, I'm a big fan of The Wizard of Oz. I love your Over the Rainbow, but it was not leprechauns. You should have said munchkin or, uh, you know, munchkins instead, okay? So you, you missed out on that one. Nate, I can't stand Cheetos, but I love the answer since, of course, Colorado, the first day to legalize pot. I'm going to give you five points for the Cheeto dust. Uh, Steve, great with the memory. You're getting 20 points because you remembered that Marie loves tuna and crackers. We talked about it about 15 minutes ago during the first part of the show. <laughs> and Marie, just the fact that you said just the describing words and your delivery of the rancid smell from hell, <laughs> that's worth at least 25 points. I agree. That is worth at least 25 points. All right, our... Last question in four question is about Leo Tenguma's two diptychs in peace and harmony with nature and children of the world dream of peace. Now, they're at the center of another wild conspiracy theory. So one panel of uh, children of the world dream peace features children dressed in traditional folk costumes those costumes are from around the world. They're celebrating peace, right? The other panel features what? Molly, what do you have? They are riding the unicorn cat with that's puking the rainbow because um, they're all like, peace has been established. And so they're just right out there into outer space. That makes a lot of sense. Great answer. Steve, what do you have? Well, uh, one panel, of course, uh, <clears throat> features something that you would say is beautiful and amazing children celebrating peace. So the other one, of course, celebrates all the worst things that could possibly happen to someone. And it, when you're in an airport, of course, uh, that is the subway sandwich artist spitting into your footlong and mm. Starbucks running out of chai. So that's what is featured on the paint. So unwanted <laughs> protein and not enough protein. Marie, what do you have? Um, it, it's all, it's like Noah's Ark, except, um, they're all, it's all the animals are dancing in place of the children. All the animals from all over the world. Noah's Ark fuzzy. with dancing animals. <laughs> Good answer. Nate, what do you have? Well, uh, they needed to, uh, be able to fund the first painting. Uh, so in order to do that, the second painting was sponsored by Reese's Pieces, and um, and since it was nature themed, it had the Reese's Pieces dressed up in gnome uh, garb, uh, <laughs> prancing around yeah. the the woods. And then, little did they know, ET was over there picking each one out. Aww. So, so you have Reese's Pieces trying to get in on the M and M game. So the answers are Molly with unicorn puking a rainbow. You have uh, Steve with the worst things like Subway artists spitting in your sandwich or Starbucks out of chai. You have Marie with uh, dancing animals out of Noah's Ark. And you have Nate with a blatant sponsorship by Reese's Pieces. Fantastic <laughs> answers, all of them. Uh, it's completely wrong, but great answers. It features a gas-masked stormtrooper with a machine gun in one hand, striking down the Dove of Peace with another, 
exactly the type of thing you want when you land on a cross-country <laughs> flight. So, <laughs> or half-country flight. I need Jeff, to how would you like up. to score this? <laughs> I'd like to be a unicorn and puke up all the answers I just heard. <laughs> in a good way, in the best way. Try to burn them out of your memory. <laughs> uh, however, just because... Steve gave a Starbucks reference, which, by the way, my oldest son works uh, at Starbucks when he's mm-hmm. not in college. I'm going to have to give him 20 points for that. Uh, Nate, uh, I'm going to have to give you a big zero because I would rather eat M&Ms than Reese's Pieces, even though I love E.T. I love the E.T. reference. Bone home. Uh, and uh, Marie, I mean, you use the term warm and fuzzy. Uh, three of my favorite words, warm and fuzzy. That's worth at least 10 points right there. Yes! for the fact seriously that you said unicorns puking up the rainbow i can't wait to tell that to my 10 year old tomorrow she is gonna <laughs> i'm gonna give you 10 points for that too yay can can i give some points to uh jeff real quick i'd like to give jeff um yeah 40 45 points for pronouncing reese's pieces correctly so all <laughs> right 45 for jeff thank you thank you jeff uh uh, a lot of people in Maine, probably around the world, pronounce it like Nate does it. It really, what, how it did really I grinds it? my gears. So it's it it belongs to a man named Reese. So it's Reese's, and then you just say the word pieces like you normally would. Pieces. What did I say? You said Reese's pieces, which sounds like oh. feces, and nobody wants to think about that. <laughs> well, honestly, when they're putting I, little brown things in their yeah, mouth. I do call them Reese's hey. feces. Yeah. It's it's great for a diet food. So our points at the end of the first uh, segment, we have in last place Nate with twenty five points. Golfing score. Next we have Molly with thirty five. Okay. We have Steve with sixty, Marie with eighty five, and in an odd wow. upset, I am in the lead with a hundred <laughs> points. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's in that bottle there, uh, Bob? What was that? Uh, this is Massachusetts water, so it's probably bad for you. <laughs> Goes right for the hard stuff. This is, it's 85 degrees here. <laughs> Oof. Is that like 90% fluoride, or what's going on there? It looks a little dark. Uh, it's pretty much. The nice thing is, my teeth glow, so it's amazing. <laughs> it's helpful when you're out camping, actually. It is. I don't need a headlamp. I just smile. <laughs> so your, your teeth and your head glows? <laughs> yeah. Well, the Gotta head be. I need to polish regularly. Um, I prefer uh, turtle wax and bee uh, beeswax. It just, I like being a little natural, you know? Not vegan. Yeah. Not, not vegan. vegan. No, not at all. <laughs> um, for because for the news, I put on Sephora makeup, so we could hook, you know we could get together, do a little makeup shopping. <laughs> nice. Oh, we should have the show pay for that. We need to. Yeah, we need I to, see a yes. tutorial in our future. Yeah. Uh, this would be very funny content. I I would pay for that personally to get the makeup and get the studio space. That sounds incredible. Wait, but, but you, yeah. Yeah. you're already pretty. Uh, I, don't, I don't know who you're talking to, but I'm going to assume it's me. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Our visiting professor today is Emmy Award-winning journalist Jeff Peterson of WGME and Fox 23 in Portland, Maine. In addition 
To being the host of Good Day Maine and news anchor, Jeff is a singer and trombonist, athlete, supporter of the Special Olympics and Camp Sunshine. Uh, There are links in the description to donate to either or both. And regular volunteer at senior centers, Jeff, welcome to Balderdash Academy. Man, you really made me feel important there for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You're a renaissance man. Yeah, in improv, one of the rules is to make everybody look good. It's my job. Man, so now, do something with this face now, and that, that would really help. <laughs> I'm a comic, not a miracle worker. So you've won oh, wow. three Emmy Awards. Uh, you've, <laughs> uh, you've won three Emmy Awards, a regional Murrow Award, AP Awards for news reporting, sports reporting, sports anchoring. So with all of that, what are you most proud of in your career as a journalist? Uh, not paying off the judges. Nice. <laughs> nice. Keeping things Perfect. clean, Jeff. Keeping things clean. So, uh, I mean, I, so, not, to too, not to get too warm and fuzzy, but what I'm most proud of is being a father. I have five kids, too. Uh, ages uh, oh, 10 wow. all the way to uh, 21. And so, I mean, yeah, that's what you want on your, uh, on your grave when you die. Is, uh, you know, not that it was a great worker. Or a great uh, guest on uh, Balderdash here, but but uh, you know that was a, that was that was a great father. So that's the one thing I'm most proud. Of. Yeah, and you, that, got, you that, that was really warm and fuzzy. You guys got me serious there for a minute. It was great. It was lovely. But you do a lot with your kids. I mean, you're out hiking all the time, man. So tell me about your hiking and your your going out in nature. <laughs> uh, I'm, t- I'm a huge outdoor guy. I mean, uh, I, I even to sit inside right now doing this, uh, it's sometimes tough because I love to get outside. Uh, you know, I go hiking right now. My goal this summer is to, uh, to hike uh, all 14, uh, 4,000 footers in Maine. Uh, I've got, I got 11 to go. I've only done three, but I'm doing one this weekend and I'm going to finish it off all the way through the fall. And, uh, you know, also I run, so I, I run trails a lot. So I'll go out and run a lot of important trails and and some of the mountains around Maine, and, uh, you know, hike, too. So I'm just a, I love to be active. I love to be out in the, up in the mountains, out in the woods, uh, enjoying what Maine has to offer. I mean, I love the ocean, too. Uh, and so I, I get my kids out there, too. My kids are very athletic as well. And, and we just uh, love to get outside and have a good time. And I mean, I, I'm telling you, you know, I've lived in Portland, Maine, off and on for about 20 years. And that's what makes this area so special is that so many things to do with the ocean, the mountain. And, you know, I, I take full advantage of Jeff, pop quiz. Yes. What is the num- number one place that you would recommend somebody goes with their kids? For hiking? I'm looking for stuff to do. No. It's yeah. in, <laughs> I, my favorite hike, you guys, is a mountain that's called Tumbledown. Mm. Go yeah. on. It, it's the coolest uh, mountain. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's moderate, but it gets a little dicey towards the top. But it, seriously, anybody can do it. Uh, and it's got a lake on the top of it. You can camp out on top as well. So it's kind of a surprise that you climb up this mountain. Probably takes you about an hour and a half and, you know, bring some swim shorts. If you go up there on a nice day and you can jump in the water, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, so Tumbledown Mountain, probably my favorite spot. I'm going to go there before this airs because it's going to get really good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you do overnights? Do you do... Um... Have you done like the uh, the AT or I mean you were out west for a while the AZT maybe or are you just strictly a day hiker? Well, I, I do a lot of day hikes. Like I'll find mountains uh, or you know just uh, nature preserves around the area to hike through or run through. And uh, also, uh, you know, last weekend uh, I hiked part of the Appalachian Trail. We went to uh, uh, Reddington Mountain, Crocker and South Crocker, which is near okay. Sugarloaf. And then a couple of weeks before that, we went to Rangeley. 
and hiked probably, you know, 12 or 13 miles of the Appalachian Trail in the Rangeley area. So, uh, you know, so it's so, so many places to go in Maine. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to do Katahdin. I've not made it all the way up Katahdin yet, believe it or not. And so I'm going to do that like in the next month or so, too, as well. Awesome. That's so, so cool. One of my fondest memories growing up was going camping with my dad. And one of the snacks that my dad used to bring for my brother and I was canned tuna fish on saltines. And that was like our like got to the top of the hike <laughs> snack to get saltines. us back down the hike. So Not even what, what is, what, <laughs> No, saltines. no. Saltines. Plain yeah. saltines with tuna just like forked out from the can. What, what do you bring for your kids to get them through their hike? Well, my favorite meal since I'm vegan is an ice cube and a head of lettuce. <laughs> you it's and my delicious. dad would get along. <laughs> <laughs> like what I took, uh, what I took with me last weekend is I had some um, uh, jerky. Uh, it's vegan beef jerky. It was uh, so I had two or three bags of those and some Cliff bars. We were only gone. We were gone two days and one night and. Uh, uh, so I probably had like three or four Cliff Bars, like four or five apples, and I had the, uh, uh, you know, the vegan jerky, and that held me for two days, you know. And then at the end of yeah. the, you know, the Saturday night, we went out to dinner after that. So when you're backpacking, you want everything as light as possible. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Saltines are pretty light. Yeah, they are. That's why, yeah, you can't have the Ritz. They're a little too heavy and, and buttery. They weigh you down. Jeff, what, tell us about vegan jerky, because I'm, I'm very intrigued. Uh, actually, it's pretty good. I'd never had it before. I was in Whole Foods uh, uh, buying some, uh, just buying groceries, and I knew I was going on a trip, and this is probably uh, last week. And uh, I looked down, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, the, the beef jerky out there was the vegan beef jerky. I don't know it was beef. It was vegan jerky, and it was mm-hmm. a barbecue flavor. And I can't tell you what's in it. Right. Ingredients, but it tasted really good. And it's great. You know what's great about that snack, too, is I can hold it in my hand uh, while I'm hiking and just kind of munch on it. Yeah. You know? I am so curious what that is. We're going to have to find that out before the end of the show. I have to do a little investigation like a TV reporter, man. That's right. (laughs) Jeff, you've been hiking during the pandemic. You've been... You've been on on uh, TV. What else you've been doing to keep busy during uh, during the downtime that we have now? Uh, let me see. Whenever I, my kids aren't hanging out with me, I'm binging Ozark right now. Nice. Okay. Let me tell Great you something. Show. Yeah. Uh, it's hard not to watch like four episodes in one night, right? Who decides <laughs> yes. that right when one episode ends, like three seconds later, before you can grab the remote, the next one starts? I know it. Netflix sets you up to just sit there for hours. Bro. And then yeah. they judge you for sitting there for hours. Are you still watching? Are you still watching? Yeah, <laughs> you told me to watch. You just kept playing. I just kept sitting. <laughs> it, it, was, it was awful. Like, like I don't. I don't watch a lot of television, especially there's no sports on right now. But I got somebody. I got sucked in after Game of Thrones. I needed mm-hmm. to take some time off. So mm-hmm. finally, they were people kept telling me you got to watch Breaking Bad. Got to watch Breaking Bad. So I watched it and I got totally sucked in, guys. There was one day for one weekend when there were no kids around. I watched seriously eight or nine episodes. It was awful. Yeah. I, I felt it. like a drug addict. Yeah. I felt like I was on. <laughs> 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 I kept picking out the window to see if the FBI was like, you know. Too much. Jeff, hey, uh, speaking of sports, man, you started your career and pretty much like threw it until you got back to Maine. You were sports heavy. You were 
narrating games. Is that what he calls coach yeah, narrating? Narr- games? <laughs> narrating. <laughs> <laughs> narrating games. And you were doing sports. Ca- and you were doing yes, thank you, Marie. Announcing sports casting and all that stuff. But you don't you don't do too much sports anymore. I mean, you're the you're the anchor, so. Yeah, well, good day. yeah, I mean, uh, being a sportscaster was my dream job. Well, it, a ba- pro basketball player was going to be my dream job, but that ended when I was like four. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> Next best thing, I wanted to be a sportscaster, and that was my dream job. I changed my major in college probably seven times, everything from pre-dentistry and a music major uh, to, uh, and finally I said, you know what, this is stupid. I got, I'm, I'm going for broadcasting, and so I, I became a sportscaster. And, I mean, seriously, guys, I did it for like – sportscaster for probably uh 12 years and they paid me to go to games oh that's awesome uh, honestly that'd be my dream job <laughs> don't tell my husband about this <laughs> myself my first day on the job i moved uh, i took a job in manchester new hampshire my first day on the job i was at fenway park covering a red sox blue jays game during the pennant race and i was calling all my friends on the phone in the press box going hey what are you guys doing for work because i don't know what are you doing i'm like Fenway Park, and they hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't real That's friends. That's so cool. I've been to the World Series. I've been to you know NHL playoffs, NCAA football, basketball, hockey, everything. I covered uh, UMaine when they won their first uh, uh, national championship in hockey. Portland oh, Pirates. So cool. The uh, the, the uh, you know called the cup. Mm. Uh, you know I covered the 1989 World Series. Man, the earthquake. Uh, Super Bowl with the Patriots in 97 in New Orleans against the Packers. Wow. Uh, you know, I just, you know, I've interviewed all kinds of big sports stars, but then all of a sudden when I had my first child back in 1999, uh, I, you know, I didn't want to work, do, do nights anymore, weekends and work like every single day during football season. When it football season hit, I worked in New Orleans for four years. And when football season hit, I would work football from the beginning, like mid July, all the way through the end of December, I would fly to La Crosse, Wisconsin and stay for three to four weeks to cover Saints training camp. And then it was all week long going on the road to cover the Saints or LSU football or covering high school football. And so I was traveling all the time. So finally I had my first child. I was looking looking right at him in the crib. And I said, man, the dream's over. One dream ends and the other, another dream starts, uh, you know, to be a father. And so I got out of that because let me tell you something, if I would have still been doing sports right now, I'd be working nights. I'd be working weekends. I would have never been able to coach my kids' little league teams and soccer teams, seeing my kids play all these high school sports. And even now, you know, uh, you know, my kids, uh, three of them have graduated from high school. I went to, you know, their basketball games, swim meets, softball games, cheerleading competitions. And my kids now, I coach little league, you know, dance recitals. You know, so it's nice that, I mean, that's why I got out of sports to get into news. That's why I made the ultimate sacrifice because now I got to get up at two fifteen. Yeah, morning. you do. Oh, yeah, you do. No. So, tell us about uh, some of the volunteer work that you've been doing. Where where have you been uh, helping out? Well, I do a lot with Special Olympics. Uh, I serve on their board and uh, I help them with uh, ideas to fundraise and also for events. Uh, and I got involved with the uh, Special Olympics back in like two thousand one. I was covering the lobster dip in Old Orchard Beach. Uh, that's where everyone jumps in the ocean on New Year's Day. And I was down there for work. And so during the uh, portion uh, you know, of the story that you're on camera, I sat there and, and uh, I decided that if I'm covering the lobster dip, I got to go in, right? And so I was on camera and, and I had uh, didn't have a microphone in my hand or anything. But they were just picking it up on the microphone on the camera. And I said, hey, that wraps up this year's lobster dip. And the only thing left is reporter, reporter participation. And I turned right around and ran to the ocean, all my clothes on, and I dove in. And everyone was dying laughing. And so the 
uh, vice president of Special Olympics, the CEO came up to me and said, hey, that was pretty funny. I go, do you want to host the lobster dip from now on? And, uh, and I said, yeah, absolutely. And so I've been hosting the lobster dip now for the last 18, 19 years. And then just about a year ago, they asked me if I wanted to be on their board. And so I've been with their board now. And also I take part in the Booth Bay Charities uh, Golf Classic. I help out with their auction. That's up in Booth Bay Harbor. And that's another great fundraiser. They raised like forty or fifty thousand dollars. I've been doing that since, you know, for probably the last twenty years too. So Special Olympics has always been something that's near and dear to my heart. I also volunteer at uh, the Winter Games up in Sugarloaf, uh, and uh, uh, you know, all kind, there's so many other the the Rape Crisis Center in Lewiston and Auburn. I help out with those guys too doing their auction uh, and fundraising. And but the one thing I think that I really enjoy the most is, uh, uh, you know, I just love my grandma to tears, and they passed away years and years ago. And I just, I feel so close to uh, older people because I am one. And so, <laughs> and so I, I always, I've always taken my kids, ever since my older kids were probably like three or four years old, we would go sing uh, Christmas carols at a senior home every single year. And uh, that was during Christmas. And then during uh, Easter, we would uh, bring in Easter eggs with candy in them. And then for Valentine's Day, we would make Valentine's and pass them out there as well. And so... We started doing that, so we would go there three times a year, and then finally when the pandemic hit, uh, you know, I kind of got an idea that a lot of these senior citizens uh, probably need help buying groceries because they can't go out, and so I offered to buy groceries, so right now I buy groceries for three seniors at the Park Danforth in Portland, and uh, also, you know, the thing that people forget about is these senior citizens because they're the most vulnerable when it comes to coronavirus. Uh, They don't want them going anywhere. So they're like trapped in their rooms, basically. And so there are a lot of them are isolated. A lot of them don't have family or, or friends that reach out a lot. And so I got the address to probably about two dozen of them. And uh, I sat down and wrote some letters. I had my 10 year old, my 12 year old. Those guys wrote a couple of letters, too. And so we uh, did those. And then we dropped off the letters at uh, at the senior center. And, and it was kind of nice. We got uh, letters back from probably about seven or eight of them. Oh, that's great. Oh. That's fantastic. So you're like a really good person. Like a really good person. Well, apparently you don't know me that well. Then. So did, did uh, now, did you also send your letters to the your prison pen pals, or, or did you just add them in, or did they replace? No, but I do get letters from prison pen pals every now and then, every now and then but I did not write back. Are these unsolicited? That's cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, we get letters from just about everything, everybody you can imagine. I mean, you get people that That's call awesome. you and email you and send you messages on Facebook and Twitter. And, you know, I mean, it used to be when I got into this business uh, back in what, the late 80s, that if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, they just called the station or sent a letter. Now they can reach out, not just calling, but emailing yeah. and sending you a message on Twitter tweeting about you facebook facebook messenger instagram i mean it, it's crazy and it's hard to keep up with all of it. it used to be just worried about being on television and pronouncing all the words right but now you have to you know be social all the time yes i tracked you down as yes you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, jeff. You. <laughs> jeff what's your favorite segment that you've done because i know we had some good times on good day maine but what let's what's your favorite segment are you always like do, there's a cooking thing coming up i want to do that or are you out and about or i know you do the like varsity pep rallies and stuff like what's your favorite gig yeah well you know i've been doing television for about uh 30 years and and i gotta tell you probably the most fun besides i mean sports that's a different animal because that 
to, to, to pay me to go to sporting events, that was a dream come true. But besides that, we did a, a segment we, uh, for about five years on our morning show called School Spirit Challenge. And what we do is we would pick 10 high schools and uh, we would go to a different high school uh, 10 weeks in a row, each high school. And we would have a pep rally. Believe it or not, these kids showed up at five o'clock in the morning. We would have anywhere from two to 300 to 1,000 at some of wow. these schools. Show up, they would, the band would be there, the cheerleaders would be there, faculty, uh, the mayors of some of the towns, uh, city councilors, school board members. I mean, it was like we were like ESPN game day. If you've ever seen that, that was like us in the morning. And when we went on the air, I just moved my hand like this, and they would whoop and holler, and it was so loud that they raised the roof and maybe, probably maybe deaf for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> but we did a school spirit challenge, but not only was it a great way to showcase all these schools and all the great things that they do. We talked about their bands, their sport, uh, sports teams, also uh, their honor society, uh, drama club, whatever they had. Whatever made the school special, we'd showcase that during the morning, during School Spirit Challenge, and during uh, that time we were on the air for like, we had them on the air for about three hours. Uh, and we'd do live hits from each school, and each live hit was about three or four minutes. But uh, the reason this became so popular is because it was also a competition to see who could collect uh, the most money for the Good Shepherd Food Bank. And so over the years, we've collected, I think, ended up being in five years, three million pounds of food. That's awesome. And so when you throw in competition, schools love that. They want to win. And so these schools would go all out and try to win this thing. And we would have a big banquet uh, after, you know, we'd have 10 straight weeks of rallies. And then our 11th week was our school spirit finale. We'd have uh, like three or four reps from each school come in our studio and we'd have a big award ceremony. And uh, we would find out who raised the most money. And it was a big deal. We gave them a trophy. And one school, when they won Wisconsin, you could have sworn they won the Stanley Cup. Because this small <laughs> school, Wisconsin High School, beat out all these big schools like Deering and Portland and, and all these bigger schools. And they had a police and fire escort as they drove in with the trophy into Wisconsin. And the entire school was waiting outside the front uh, door as they walked wow. up. The school. So they had probably like four or 500 kids at this at the front of the school to welcome the kids home, the four or five kids and the teacher that were in our studios that morning to show off the trophy that they won in the school. It was called the School Spirit Cup. So that was so exciting for me. I mean, uh, you know, it, especially during the finales, it was, it was kind of hard to hold back tears because it was so much work to put this together. And the kids and the, and the faculty put so much work into it and to collect so much money and food for such a great cause. I mean, it, it, was, it was unbelievable, especially, I mean, I mean, think about it. These high school kids, they get such a bad rap sometimes. And this was a great way to highlight all the good things they do. And a lot of these kids really do a lot of good things. I'm getting warm and fuzzy again. Yeah. And it's important because everybody likes to win something. And our faculty is no less. Join us when we come back to see whether or not Nate can hold on to the reigning champion banner on Balderdash Academy. Go Dashers! It's time for our second pop quiz. This pop quiz is from the head of guidance, Mr. Nate Green. Nate? Hello, students. As you continue to work your way closer to the end of your tenure here at Balderdash Academy, it is important to know what goals you have set forth for yourself. However, don't let those goals stand in your way of truly living a fulfilled life. This time at Balderdash Academy to explore and learn about your natural skills and abilities is essential. 
What do you enjoy? What are you able to do with ease? These are important things to know, because while we're striving for our ultimate goals, we may need to tap into that uh, side of us with those special skills and talents. So, to help illustrate how um, those special skills and talents can help us achieve our ultimate goal, I have asked uh, each one of our faculty members to tell me about um, a job that they had before they started here at Balderdash Academy. And right now I'd like each and every one of them to share that with you and um, and explain how that brought them to Balderdash. Uh, yeah. And um, Molly, can we start with you? We absolutely can. Uh, Before my employment at Balderdash Academy, I used my skills to work as an equestrian trainer in the 1950s. Yes, folks, I trained horses. Uh, Real big fan. 1950s, probably the best time period for horse training. A lot of good things going on in the horse world at that time. Racing, jumping, trotting was big. Um, sashaying. I taught my horses how to sashay. And you know what? That really trained me well for my position in language arts because I realized how dynamic one has to be when teaching uh, students, whether they're horses or live human beings. Mm. Thank you very much. That was very insightful. Um, Steve, uh, can you tell me a little bit about your uh, previous employment? Well, this is going to confuse you guys a little bit because I know I look like I'm exactly 27 years old, Um, (laughs) but I'm actually quite a bit older than that. This might shock you a little bit, so buckle in, guys. Um, Before my current employment, I used my skills to work as an astronaut at the 1937 Kentucky Derby. Um, A lot of of questions I know you guys have, so let me just run right through and answer all the questions for you. Yes, uh, FDR... um, wanted to start a space program in the 30s um and in fact he hired several people to be astronauts and his idea was to really make it a big publicity stunt uh going into space and uh what he wanted to do was actually take the winner of the kentucky derby uh of course a horse traditionally and blast that into space nobody was worried about the horse's survival but I was there to kind of strap it to the uh, the dynamite, um, and at the time we called that uh, astronauting. Um, so Lucky Dog was the name of the horse who won. Um, Lucky Dog was the first space experiment. No, he didn't Not go very so high, but yeah, he we tried. Yeah, was it a horse astronaut? Yeah, we didn't know that at the time, but it was. Yeah, it was a horse astronaut. Thank you. You're welcome. I worked with horses. Remember, such a lovely story. Thank you, Steve. Equestronaut. Is that better? Both, both are acceptable. Both are acceptable. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, Headmaster Bob, what brought you, what were you doing, and what brought you into Balderdash? Uh, it's a great question. So uh, before coming here, I was a lion tamer's assistant. It was June eleventh, nineteen eighty-seven. I wanted to dance with somebody for Whitney Houston was playing on the radio, and I got a little little distracted. It's a beautiful song, and. The next thing you know, the uh, the lion accidentally ate my manager. So I needed to find a new calling. I needed to find a place to hide from the police. I needed to find a place where I could just do what I'm good at. And that's finding trivia about useless information that doesn't matter. <laughs> and frankly, that brought me here, and I've been better for it every day. 
and we couldn't be more proud of you. Uh, Marie, what what yes. profession did you partake in before coming to Balderdash? Before I joined the faculty here at Balderdash Academy, I was actually a surgeon while disco reigned supreme. Um, uh, my, my time as a surgeon, it, it, it only lasted so long because my hands weren't very steady. Um, I, there was a constant need to continue moving. Um, so I did not, I did not last for very long as a surgeon, but I learned lots of very useful skills in doctor school. Surgeon school, getting my PhD, school. and we yes, benefit from doctor that. school. Yes. yes, now I'm able to bring some of this very useful knowledge of just basic life skills to Balderdash Academy, and I find it to be very useful. With amazing musical background choices, thank you. Amazing. Thank um, you. So, uh, thank you faculty for sharing those stories with us. Uh, I do appreciate it. I hope it inspires our students. Um, uh, visiting faculty member Jeff, uh, which one of those stories did you enjoy the most? How would you like to divvy up the points here? Uh, well, first of all, let's, uh, let's go over the uh, excellent titles for some of the uh, subjects that we talked about. First of all, a uh, horse-tronaut. I'm going to have to give Molly... <laughs> 10 points for horse or not. And not from Steve, that's got to give him at least 10 points. Uh, but I still want to go back to Molly. Can you show us an example? I can give you 20 extra points. Show us how to sashay. Oh, yes. It's quite easy. On a horse or just like in person? Well, do you have a horse there? Uh, no, but I can I can mime one. So okay. all it really ta- all it really takes is getting on the horse. And what you need to do is you got to kind of like groove with it. It's kind of like disco. Okay. A little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just like that. It's super easy. Give that horse to not twenty extra points. <laughs> Glad I did that. Excellent. Uh, let's go right. on to uh, Bob, uh, the lion tamer. Uh, did, did he? I, I just did. Before I even think about points with you, when the lion <laughs> ate the manager, did he swallow him whole? Did he eat him uh, limb by limb? Did he spit out any part of the body? Uh, was it? I mean, I, I don't know. I need to hear more details about that. So, the lion understood that its breath was less than pleasant. The lion tamer made the mistake of washing with Doc Bronner's, so he basically smelled like a peppermint lozenge. One one swoop, right down. I tried, but it was right down. Cats apparently swallow their hard candies whole. <laughs> Alright, uh, Bob, I'm going to give you uh, five points for that, okay? Uh, Marie, uh, just for the fact... That you were doing the dance moves. I mean, you were like you were like doing a little John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever. There, let's see that Absolutely. a little bit again while I go staying alive, staying alive, ha ha ha. ha. Come on, Marie, staying alive. Oh yeah, you got the moves. <laughs> Saturday Night Fever, Marie. Just for that, I'm giving you ten points for the dance. Moves. Yes. Thank you. All right. How deep is your love? Is your love? <laughs> <laughs> is your love? <laughs> so, um, 
we need to know, Nate, how to, how'd it go? Oh, it, it went great. Uh, so thank you all for sharing again. Uh, and kids, if you take anything away from this, just please know that please pursue your dreams. And on your way to your dreams, it's okay to have a rest stop along the way. It helps you grow into what you will become. And I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my stint as program manager at the NASA space station. I helped it become the number one best Bahamian self-storage mini franchise. <laughs> Follow your genes. True. <laughs> All right. Our next game is Lie, Lie Again. I will read a weird or unusual fact about select members of the faculty. Some are actual truths, and some are absolute lies created by myself. Our visiting professor and fellow faculty members may question the subject to better understand whether or not the statement is the truth or a lie. Either way, the subject must convince everyone else that the unusual fact is true, no matter how absurd it sounds. All right, so... Marie is a celebrated actress. Uh, she's an improviser, along with Molly, in the Chamber of Comedy and You Should Smile More. Links in the description to both. Uh, but that isn't the beginning of her fame. In 2005, Marie was on MTV's Made. Isn't that right, Marie? It is, yes. All right, who has our first question? What is the what is MTV made? What is that? Um, made was a television show that was on MTV when I was in high school, um, and it it went to local small locations around the United States and um, had auditions for people in the school to become made into their like biggest wildest dreams. So there would be like. The, the really girly girl who really wanted to be on the wrestling team. So Maid would come and she would audition and she'd say, I want to be a wrestler. And they would decide whether or not. And so Maid came to my high school um, and uh, there was a girl that picked from my high school. And uh, her, her name was Jackie Buck. And um, she wanted to be the the star of Mahaiba, which was at Morris High School in Bath, our our talent show. Um, but she was more of a backstage person, and I was always on stage. And so she, I was like recruited to be part of her act. That's what made is. <laughs> All right, next question. So, Mate, what do you have? You were. Um... You were made a uh, um, a sidekick. You were your sidekick and made. Mm. And um, how 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 did that go? Like, what was your contribution? What you were asked to be a part of it. What did you do? Um. Well, I I I sang okay. and I and I danced. Um. And I helped her sort of like put together another group of people that would sing and dance and, like, be her backup singers and dancers um, because I was always, like, on stage and in the front of things. She was like, you know how to do this. So I I did not, but I... The way that... I didn't. I don't look back on myself in high school and think, oh, my God, ditzy drama queen. But the way that 
uh, I am portrayed is very much, oh my god. <laughs> so it's, yes, I was a sidekick and definitely like caricaturized, if you will. Mm. How long, how long did it last? Like the, the shooting of it? <laughs> how long did it take to get made? There were, it was like a, it was like a whole semester. There were, there were like for a whole, yeah, for like the whole fall semester, there were signs okay. all over the school that were like, if you enter the building, you are agreeing to be on camera. Hmm. When, when this, when did this episode air and how did, and how and with whom did you watch it? Uh, it was on MTV, um, back when it was just a, just a, uh, the, the actual date, uh, it would have been, it was in t- 1950s. Like after school, <laughs> was it like a weekend? Did you like, was your family all watching yeah. it? Did you record the on a VHS? It, it was like, it was like a school wide event because so many people in the school were like, oh my God, we're going to be on MTV. So like a whole bunch of us got together at our friend's house and we watched it. And then I didn't have cable, so I didn't have MTV. Um, but yeah. All right, Jeff, do you have any questions for Marie? Yeah, my question is, uh, the show was called MTV Made. What kind of cleaning products did you use? Um, uh, <laughs> microphones and cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I, wish, I wish that they'd come with, ma- with actual maids. Like, Morse High School's getting redone, and it could have used a cleaning back then, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've heard the questions. Now let's hear the conclusions. Nate, what do you think? Is it truth or a lie? I am usually wrong with Marie uh, on this, and she's such a good liar and truth teller. Both, both. Um, but this, she she was right on the ball. She knew exactly what the show was, and Molly and I didn't. I don't think. Uh, I think it's true. All right, true from Nate. Molly, what do you say? Oh God, Marie's hard. Um, <laughs> and Molly's got blue balls. Then I got blue balls. Um, it happens to all horse astronauts. Um, I Two think you're telling the truth. Lying, telling the truth. Lying. All right. <laughs> true. Molly. True. Molly's gone. Steve. I. Uh, this. This does feel like something that happened to Marie, and she does have a very interesting life full of strange stories. However, Bob, I think you I think you hit it on the nail when you introduced the piece was uh Marie is a celebrated actress and improviser and what are actresses and improvisers good at if not lying through their teeth and also being comfortable like just not wearing clothes in front of a a, a green room full of people. Also actors as well. Sorry, not to throw actresses under the bus. That's everyone in the video. <laughs> um, His name is Steve at him. <laughs> Please don't cancel me. I was just, uh, that was just worded poorly. Um, uh, I th- I'm going to say it's a lie, even though I'm not convinced it is lie. a lie. But that's what All I'm right. saying. Jeff, what's your take on him? Uh, just like the Jim Carrey movie, Liar, Liar. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have Nate and Molly with truth. We have Steve and Jeff with lie. Marie, fess up. It is 100% true. I was on MTV's Made in 2000. I, it aired in 2000, the, the, like January, February of 2006. Uh, the filming was done in the fall of my 
Actually, no, it, in the, it, it aired in like the fall of the... Nah. Filming was in 2004, it aired in 2005. It was my senior year of high school um, because I was the star of Mahiba. She, yeah. Brian told me I had to get a group of kids together for my act. I was nervous to start asking people, especially the one girl I knew I had to have. Oh, okay. Marie Stewart. Of course yes. you did. All right. Of course you did. Oh God, so, great. Jeff, great. how would you like to score that? Uh, I'm only giving out uh, points to one person. Uh, anybody that can do a Frank Zappa song, Valley Girl, has got to be worth at least 50 points. Marie, nice job with it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Give me a totally gag me with a spoon. Totally. Stab me with a spoon. <laughs> I'm digging on the Valley Girl. Thank you. I did watch Clueless recently. Nice. <laughs> All right, so that 50 for Marie? That's right. Thank All you. right. That's big money. Uh, so the points are in last place, we have Nate with 50. Next, we have Molly with 65. We have Steve with 70. Myself with 105. And our current lead is Marie with 145 (laughs) points. Join us when we return for more Balderdash Academy. That marks our halftime with our halftime trivia talk, the coach of the Dashers, Steve Corning. Coach? Hey, what's up, guys? Let's go, Dashers. Um, We're going to get right to the chase here. We're going to play a quick round of Finish Finish That that tweet. Tweet. Everyone's favorite game show. Jeff, you're, uh, you are very familiar with sports, very excited to actually have someone on the show that knows a little bit about sports. I am really excited. So you are actually welcome to play along very simple game called Finish That Tweet. Now, uh, Magic Johnson is, of course, known for, for many things, being one of the great basketball players of all time. But one thing he is known to this current generation, um, beyond the, the basketball greatness and the highlights and all that, championships, is uh, his tweeting um, he has a very particular style, and it makes a lot of people on Twitter and Reddit laugh constantly. Jeff, are you familiar with the tweets of uh, Magic Johnson? Uh, no, look, here's the deal. No. Okay, it's fine. That's fine. I, uh, <laughs> awesome. I grew up a Golden State Warrior fan, so I hate the Lakers. So I okay. Hate Even though he's one of the greatest players ever. All right, one thing we have in common is we both hate the Lakers, so that's good. All right. Uh, so... Very simple game. Finish that tweet. I'm going to read you the first half of the tweet, and I want you guys to just, like the name implies, finish that tweet. What you, what do you think Magic Johnson said for the rest of this tweet? Very, very simple. I'll read it to you guys a couple times, and then we'll get we'll get started with uh, who, who hasn't started in a while. Let's start with uh, Nate. Okay. Uh, this is Magic Johnson's tweet from March 7th, 2014. So uh, several years ago, Magic Johnson tweets. The only way San Antonio or Miami don't win the championship is finish that tweet. The only way San Antonio or Miami don't win the championship is is if they choke on that pineapple upside down kick. (laughs) It was big in 2014. (laughs) It was. There was like this fat. I think we've all forgotten about. Thanks for bringing it up, Nate. Was of course. Pineapple upside down cake, 2014, big deal. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Molly, what do you have? Finish that tweet. Yeah, can you read it again so I can finish that of tweet? Course. Of course. Of course. The only way San Antonio or Miami don't win the championship is... 
if they forget their bathing suits because it's hot there and everyone knows you gotta cool off after a big game. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Molly. Gotta remember those swim trunks. All right. Uh, Marie, finish that tweet. The only way San Antonio and Miami don't win the championship is... Is... If it snows. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. won't snow mm-hmm. in either of those places, right? <laughs> yeah. Magic Johnson lives in, in uh, California. He's not that familiar with snow, so I think no. when he thought yeah. about it snowing, he really panicked. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> Got to get yeah. the cloud trucks ready. All right. Yes. Bob, do you want to have an answer for us? Finish that tweet? Yeah, of course. Uh, so the only way that Miami or San Antonio don't win the championship is if both cities get taken out by Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Then it would put a damper on things. Yep, mm-hmm. act of Godzilla. All right, mm-hmm. Jeff, do you have an answer for us? Well, since we're talking about basketball, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. if they dribble all over themselves. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> <Like> dribble. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta practice proper hygiene. All right. So Jeff, not only did you compete, but you also get to score. And of course, you participate. So you can score yourself if you like to. We have Nate uh, saying Magic Johnson is implying that pineapple upside down cake might cause them to not win the championship. Molly, of course, referencing the swim trunks. Uh, if they don't remember them, they're not going to win the championship. Marie says Magic Johnson's worried about snow. He's never experienced it, and uh, he thinks it's a bigger problem than it might be. Bob, of course, saying the city's both cities will get destroyed by Godzilla, according to Magic Johnson. And Jeff, you yourself said they uh, might dribble all over themselves. Great play. Play on words. I like that. <laughs> uh, well, I think what I have to go for is, uh, of course, one of the greatest monsters of all time is Godzilla. The Godzilla reference, Bob. Mm-hmm. It's really dear to my heart, and I'm going to have to give you 25 points for that and nothing oh, for anybody else. Wow. <laughs> all right, folks. All hail Godzilla. All right. You were all very, very close. Let me finish that tweet for real. Here's what was tweeted on March 7th, 2014. Magic Johnson says, The only way San Antonio or Miami don't win the championship is if neither team makes the finals. (laughs) (laughs) So, there you go. Very matter of fact for us. (laughs) He's really laying it down. Honestly, I, uh, anyone listening, you guys here, go Google some Magic Johnson tweets. They are hilarious. How like just straight to the point they are. Just says the most obvious thing possible. It's absolutely hilarious. I love it. Great. It. it I'm trying to grasp my hands. It, it had nothing to do with a upside down pineapple cake. It had nothing to do with it. Isn't that crazy? Wow, that's, that's a shock. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> it was a thing in 2014. <laughs> Our next game is called Mask Charade. So. Jeff told Marie, who currently has our most points, what his favorite movie is. The rest of the faculty will don blindfolds, and they're going to try to guess the movie based on my poor description of Marie's charades. All right, here we go. All right, blindfolds on. Marie, are you ready? As I'll ever be. All right, we can begin. It's a movie. Gone with the wind. Four words. Five words. 
There are a number of words. <laughs> Five words. First word. No, what word is it, Marie? <laughs> she's putting on a hat. It, she's put, pulling, whipping. She's putting on a hat and whipping. Oh, Indiana Jones. And the Temple uh, of Doom. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes! Steve got it! Yeah! All right. <laughs> Indiana Woo! Jones, that... Hat and whip! That is a... That's a Balderdash They're Academy inside. record of 40 seconds. Nice. Jeez. Wow. 40 seconds. All you Steve? need to say is hat and whip, and I know what you're talking about. That, well, well, I was like, if, if we get into all of the Indiana movies, then I'm going to have some trouble, but... Right. <laughs> I was like, nice job, so, Temple of Doom. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, well, not the typical movies with a hat and a whip that Steve watches. Jeff, how would you like to score that? <laughs> That's a whip's exciting. Uh, well, first of all, uh, we're going to go with Steve. That's got to be at least worth 30 points. No, 40 points. You got it in a record 40 seconds, for God's sakes. Yeah. And so the only points. person who scored with that, by the way, no, actually, I'm going to give two other scores out. First of all, Molly with the mask. What the heck was that? You get 10 points, whatever that yeah. was. that out again? It's a unicorn. Is that a kitty cat? Oh, oh Where's the rainbow? The rainbow vomit. We need yeah, that the, next week. <laughs> rainbow or whatever, yeah. I and, expect to see uh, that the next uh, celebrity dinner. By the way, for great whipping, we got to give at least five points to Marie. Whipping, thank you. Five points for Marie. Thank so, you. right now, the scores are in last place, we have our current reigning champion of Nate with 50 points. Next, we have Molly with 75. We have Steve with 110. I have 130. And in the lead, we have Marie with 150 points. Whoa. Join us when we return with a pop quiz from Marie and technically correct. Woo! I'm going to take it. <laughs> We All Have a Story is a podcast dedicated to learning more about the folks around us, one person at a time. We'll chat with accountants, bus drivers, entertainers, novelists, beekeepers, piano tuners, booksellers, artists, and more. Check out We All Have a Story using your favorite podcast app or service. Welcome back to Balderdash Academy. Our points are... In last place, we have our current reigning champion of Nate with 50 points. Next, we have Molly with 75. We have Steve with 110. I have 130. And in the lead, we have Marie with 150 points. It's time for our final pop quiz of the night. This pop quiz is from the head of Home Ec and Wellness... Professor Marie Stewart Harmon. Marie? Hello, everybody. So grateful to be here with you all. Um, I was out plant shopping with my husband at um, a, a local plant shop here in South Portland, and there was a woman that came in to the, the plant place and was, was very frustrated with one of the employees. And she was, well, well, it's all brown and it's dead. And all I could hear the employee saying was, Deadheading, 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 deadheading. And my husband was like, I, I don't even know what deadheading is. So, so faculty members, could you, could you pository for me? What, what perhaps could deadheading mean? Uh, Molly, I saw your hand first. Right, of course, uh, many people would foolishly believe that it's just like nipping off the spent flowers on plants, but it is actually 
making sure that you get a little Grateful Dead action to your plants. There's nothing like a little ripple or, or American Beauty to really get your plants growing. I think I've said this before on the tomato plant question, but you've really got to play them some tunes. And tie-dye not required, but encouraged. Thank you, Professor McGill. Um, Nate, I think I also saw your hand go up. Yes, uh, deadheading is something that, it's not done a lot, um, but uh, you get little uh, figurines to put in your garden, um, and it can be anything ranging from zombies to monsters to anything that's scary, because you want to instill yeah. a little scare into the plants, because the adrenaline yeah. that they get from the, the chloroform adrenaline really perks yeah. them up, and it kind of, it, it helps them catch a second life there. Don't die, don't die. Okay, yeah, exactly. I, could, I could see how a zombie yeah. could really put some fear into some plants. Um, Coach Steve, what about you? I know you're, you're mostly out there on the courts, but what would you do? What, what does deadheading um, mean to you? Here's what I think it means. Um, Marie, if I'm not mistaken, this uh, place you went to buy the plants was near a cemetery, right? It is near a cemetery, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, so deadheading, from my experience, is, um, well, let me explain it to you this way. I'm a big roller coaster enthusiast. Jeff is a big mountain enthusiast. I keep track of all the roller coasters I've been to, all the amusement parks I've been to. I'm very into that kind of stuff. And Jeff, of course, is keeping track of all the different mountains he's been on of a certain height. There are people who like to experience all these different things and keep track of them. Well, a, dead, a deadheading is, of course, when you try and visit all the graveyards in a certain county. Um, so mm. he, of course, was making his way through Cumberland County trying to hit every cemetery. Um, and to qualify, mm-hmm. you have to at least be in there for five minutes and you have to uh, scratch a pencil on a piece of paper over someone's name and so you can bring that home and put it on your wall. Uh, he got a little yeah. lost, ended up in <laughs> the, the plant store, and that's why people were calling him out. Got it. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There is a cemetery right next to Broadway Gardens here. Um, Headmaster Bob, what, do you, what about you? Do you have any idea what deadheading means? I do. I I do a lot of gardening. My wife loves gardening. Um, Deadheading is something that we do every year. It's actually from the French. It's an American translation, an English translation of the French, guillotine de tête, which means cut off the head. And what you do is you place your uh, dead flower heads in a guillotine, pull the rope, and then celebrate the fall of the regime. Yes. Yeah, these these are some really really good, really good answers. Um, uh, so we've got Molly come. You know, we've 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 sung come sail away to some tomato plants. You feel that that getting some Grateful Dead into these plants is the way to help keep them alive. Um, Nate, you think uh, scare tactics with tiny yep. monstoric figurines, <laughs> uh, putting the fear of health into the plants. Um, uh, cemetery hunting there for mm. you, Steve. And uh, the guillotine de tête? Is that correct? Guillotine de tête, yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, these, these are all really, really good answers, and, and I had been perplexed about this. Jeff, what do you, uh, of all of these answers, what do you think? Uh, well, I'm thinking uh, right now, because I have like four Jerry Garcia ties in my collection, and we talked about Ooh. the dead, Molly's going to have to pick up at least 25 points. With the yeah. Grateful Dead reference, okay? Yeah, yeah my man. However, yeah. I will do this. I'm going to have to throw something out at Nate because I'm a big zombie movie fan. And by the way, bringing up the zombie reference with Shot of the Dead and Zombieland. Of course, mm-hmm. the Zombieland feature, he's got to get 10 points. Love awesome. Zombieland and Shot of Wonderful. the Dead. Wonderful. 
Um, th these have all been really, really good answers. Thank you all faculty for your input. Um, Molly, you did touch on what it is. Um, deadheading, especially plants like petunias, they, they grow very quickly and when the ends get really sad and brown, you pull them out like ah! so, very simple. It, ah! it has now been deadheaded and now a new blossom will grow there. And who doesn't like big blooms, am I right? Woo! Deadheading blooms that I cannot lie. <laughs> On an unrelated note, Bob will be stripping later. <laughs> to these big blooms. <laughs> big bloomers, maybe. Our next game is called Technically Correct. So I will read a description of a movie that is technically correct. Our faculty members will all come up with answers as fast as possible and present it one by one. Jeff will award points based on the answers he likes best. Our first description. Our first movie is about a man who uses manipulation and psychological abuse to, sed to seduce a woman. So our first movie is a man who uses manipulation and psychological abuse to, su to seduce a woman. Let's go with Steve. What's your answer? Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Good answer. Beauty was... and the Beast. Marie, what do you have? Beauty and the Beast, a Christmas story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, gotta be specific. I, I forgot. <laughs> Nate, what do you have? Um, uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. All right. X-Men Days of Future Past. Molly, what's your answer? It's a great one. <laughs> Um, what, what about Bob? What about me? So, we have nice. Steve with Beauty and the Beast, Marie with Beauty and the Beast, A Christmas Story, we have Nate with X-Men, Days of Future Past, and Molly with What About Bob? The answer was Taming of the Shrew. So, Taming of the Shrew. Jeff, how would you like to score that? Uh, first of all, I'm giving Molly 10 points because uh, one of my best friends' name is Bob. And you know what I love about Bob? You can spell it forward and backwards, and it still spells the same way. Bob. Palindrome. Uh, Palindrome. I'm going to go with Steve. is going to get the most points out of this. Steve, I'm giving you 25 points because uh, I just love watching Beauty and the Beast with my 10-year-old. Be a guest. Be... I'm not going <laughs> to 25 <laughs> points, baby. <laughs> Molly, keep it going. 25 Points to Steve. Our next movie is a newly engaged couple have a breakdown which leads to their lives being changed forever. Nate, what do you have? Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> yes! Rocky Horror Picture Show. Molly, I saw your hand up. What was it? The Money Pit. Money Pit. All right, Marie, what do you have? Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And Steve, what do you got? Uh, Muppets Treasure Island. <laughs> Muppets Treasure Island. So we have Nate with Rocky Horror Picture Show. We have <laughs> Marie with Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. We have Molly with the Money Pit. And we have Steve. Steve with Muppet Treasure Island going for that whole Tim Curry vibe. <laughs> yep. So, all good answers. The correct answer was Nate's. It is about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Awesome. Jeff, what's your call on it? What's your uh, score? 
Uh, Nate's getting 50 points if he can sing one of the songs from uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show right now. I, I was in the, the play, so sure. I can see the flag fly, I can see the rain still the same. There has got to be. That was the first one that in the <laughs> show play. I don't even know if that one was in the movie, but. Uh, okay, so 50 points goes to Nate, all right. Yeah. 50 points to Nate. Get uh, 10 out of this because anytime you reference an Angelina Jolie movie, you're all right with me. <sighs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and to be honest, at the beginning of the movie, when they are in, in couples therapy, they can't figure out when they've been married. Mm. So they could be freshly engaged. Technically correct. <laughs> it's a reach. It's a reach. <laughs> it's a reach. <laughs> all right. Our third movie is the story of a man who inspects a woman and finds a hole. <laughs> it's the story of a man who inspects the woman, a woman and finds a hole. Nate, what do you have? Patch Adams. <laughs> Patch Adams. <laughs> Molly? Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say my name? <laughs> yes, I did. Um, uh, that was Really good, Nate. Oh, uh, don't move. Overboard. Uh, <laughs> overboard. Nate is kicking himself. Steve, yep. what do you have? Uh, I'm just going to go with the film Holes. Oh, Holes. <laughs> and Marie. Uh, minority Report. Minority Report. Uh, so there is a reason why Nate is kicking himself. So Nate had Patch Adams, Molly Overboard. Steve Holes, Marie Minority Report. The answer of the story of a man who inspects a woman and finds a hole is what, Nate? Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) 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 You finally did it, Bob. You finally did it. (laughs) How would you like to score that? Uh, because I almost fell off my chair and started laughing with the Patch Adams answer, I'm going to need 25. Yeah. 25 for, you said? I'll give him 25, why not? Bob, you get 25. 25. All right. <laughs> and our, <laughs> our final movie is the touching story of a single mother who fights to protect her children from gun-toting aliens. It's the story of a single mother who fights to protect her children from gun-toting aliens. Molly, what's your answer? Oh my god. Uh, what's that What's that movie with the bird and they had to wear the mask? Bird? Come the on. Bo- the box? Bird box. Bird, bird box. box. Bird box. Wait, for mine, I'm going to mime a movie and you guys have to say it too. <laughs> Steve, what's your answer? Um, I'll go with uh, Lost in Space. Lost in Space, Marie. The Lion King. Lion King. Mufasa dies. <laughs> Nate, what do you got? I'm going to, uh, rather than giving a good answer, I'm just going to give the worst one I can think of, which is Bambi. <laughs> Bambi. Because <laughs> <laughs> the mom dies right Bambi. at the beginning. <laughs> That's a total right. single mom for like a minute. <laughs> so... Uh, a single mother fights to protect her children from gun-toning aliens. Molly said Bird Box. 
Steve said Lost in Space. Marie said The Lion King. Nate said Bambi. The actual answer was Aliens. Mm, okay, nice work, Bob. Um, so, that. Aliens. <laughs> and, uh, Jeff, how would you like to score that? I'm trying to figure out, with the, with the Aliens and the Bambi sequel... Bambi too. Yeah, was that was Bambi, a Christmas story. <laughs> yeah. uh, I take points because one of my all-time favorite Disney characters is Thumper because I shake my leg all the time. <laughs> that works. That works. Bambi gets twenty points. So that's the end of uh, Technically Correct, which leads us to today's moral. Mm. So, after listening to the interview, after listening to all of us play games, after uh, laughing together and, and having a good time, it's it's very clear what the takeaway for tonight's show is. And, and it's simply this. Don't get your quamking on. <laughs> mm. Squirrel. It's not a good so, idea. Jeff, thank you for joining us tonight. We, we hope that you had fun. Um, <laughs> I hope you had fun. Yeah. Um, what I want to do now is I want to let you know who won. So, I our... So how do you count this up so quickly? Uh, so I have people who do it for me. They're called interns, and Alan is very good at this. So, <laughs> Molly, right now, is in last place with 100 points. Great. Next, we have myself with 130 points. We have Steve Corning with 135. Mm. So now we have Nate or Marie. So which one is currently our champion? Is it the reigning champion? No, it's Marie. Nate has 155 point. Our new reigning champion is Marie with 160 points. Congratulations, our new reigning champion. I've never been a champion. (laughs) Yay! Her first win. Thank you for watching Balderdash Academy. I'm your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me tonight was Professor of English Language Arts, Molly McGill. See ya. Head of Home Ec and Wellness, Professor Marie Stewart-Harmon. Champion! Coach of the Balderdash Academy Dashers, Steve Corning. We'll get him next time. Former Head of Guidance and the new Head of STEAM for Balderdash Academy, Professor Nate Green. Steam ahead. (laughs) <laughs> and our visiting professor, Jeff Peterson Woo! of WGME and Fox 23 in Portland, Maine. Check him out tomorrow on Good Day, Maine, and uh, on both as a news anchor. Again, if you have the opportunity, check for the links in the description so you can donate to many of the uh, charities that we have listed there for this, uh, for this episode. Thank you for watching. Have a good night. Thanks, Jeff! <laughs> <laughs> Good night, and thank you for listening to the podcast. We have options available if you'd like to support the show directly or show your school colors with some Balderdash Academy merchandise. For more information on the show, support options, or merchandise, please visit our website at balderdashacademy.com. Thank you for listening, and have a good night. Balderdash Academy was created by Bob LeBlanc 
and Steve Corning. With writing by Steve Corning, Nate Green, Bob LeBlanc, Molly McGill, and Marie Stewart Harmon. Find us online at balderdashacademy.com. Copyright 2020 by Robert J. LeBlanc and Steve Corning. All rights reserved. Go Dashers! Loving what you're hearing? Now imagine if you could actually see Molly's point-winning angry face, Marie's up-close-and-personal lean-in, Nate's... Where is he now? Is he in the bathroom still? Steve's coveted sweatband and Bob's juggling of all things tech. Yeah, it gets pretty wild. See all this and more by catching episodes on Balderdash Academy's YouTube channel.